Hi, I'm Dr. Kevin Cheng, founder of Asana, a health service dedicated to transforming lives through prevention. Over the years, I have reflected with colleagues on what we wish people did so they can avoid pain, surgery, or developing a chronic disease. Often the answer lies in embracing a proactive mindset and putting healthy lifestyle practices into action. By doing this, the upside is not only better health, but also saving us time, money, and stress in the long run. In this podcast, I'm joined with my friend Saxon Piggott to chat with a new health expert each week. We'll cover practical ways to look after ourselves, how to prevent illness, and ways we can be inspired to live well. Welcome to Prevention Hacks, the weekly conversation where we go to health experts for advice, so you don't have to. Yeah, so um, Theo, uh, back a welcome to Asana's podcast, Pre- Prevention Hacks. Yes. Um, great to have you along. And um, you're a, a physio with, uh, as you say, decades of experience. And today we are talking about a very common uh, challenge, uh, which is back pain. Yeah. Um, and I understand sax, actually. You've had a bit of experience in this area. Yeah, so I, I blew out my L4 and L5 uh so lower back when i was in my early 20s just picking things up badly um no idea what i was doing and i and i didn't even realize that i was going to have a back issue until until it it finally gave out so um i guess you know my first question would be uh what are, what do you what would your advice be to people who who don't have back pain or back problems like what should they be thinking of in order to avoid getting one in the first place Oh, what a great question. Um, but it's very difficult if you don't have a problem to even conceive of what a problem is like. And I've, people have told me that all the time. I've had guys, men break down in the thing. Go, oh, I've always given my workers a hard time about having a bad back and I never realised what it was like. So the two, um, the two really big things, I think, is number one, like in every aspect of our lives, every bit of research that's done, not just for back pain, but for cardiovascular disease, diabetes, everything, is you need to maintain a reasonable level of fitness, a reasonable level of strength. You have to do your 20 minutes of brisk activity every day. That's the, that's the simple thing you can do, simple in terms of you don't have to think about it too much. It's hard to make the space in your life to do that if you're a committed, I'll just lie here and wait till tomorrow person, which we all have that tendency. Um, but that's, that's one really big thing. And I think the other, the other most important thing in terms, of, in terms of preventing injuries in back care is that is to think a little bit about the tasks that you're doing. We're very, as a general population, when you look at a job, to do the job and you see this even in formal task analysis you look at the job and you think all right i've got to do that off we go and do it you don't most people don't stop to think oh really how long can i move those rocks for or really can i pick that rock up and and so having a better conception of your own physical abilities and things that you can do in your 20s obviously you might struggle to do in your 50s so you know, oh, I need that rock moved in my backyard and that's 45 kilos. Okay, if you never pick up 45 kilos and that's a 45 kilo rock buried in some dirt, you're going to struggle with it. And if you try too hard, 
Um, yeah, and people, the idea that if I start a job, I have to finish it, particularly a physical job like that, that leads to injuries because people get tired and, oh, I've only got another hour to do, so I'll just do a little bit more, I'll just do a little bit more. They're already starting to feel a bit tired, but they don't stop. So that, that, that ability to, before you even start a job, think, right, I'm going to do that for 20 minutes and then I'm going to stop. That's, that's a real lifesaver for a lot of people, but quite difficult to do. I think I'm going to use that the next time my girlfriend asks me to do something out in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, yeah. Oh, it's, it's too dangerous. I think I'll, I'll just do it for a few minutes and then we'll... Yeah, 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 yeah. A 15-minute slot and that's it. I'm done. Yeah, that's, I, that's a really good skill to have. I thought you were still in your 26. Uh, so. No, I wish. Uh, and, you know, like, that kind of resonates what you're saying there. It almost feels to me like in my life there was life before a bad back and life after, and life after I'm a lot more mindful of what I do and, and how I do it. Yeah, it's so so the, the, the technical things of keeping your shoulders over your hips and keeping your spine in some degree of extension, you know, you're not slumping, not bending over, it's not, that's also really important, but that's quite difficult because unless you have a, a dancer sensibility of your body, you don't even realise you're bending. Even in sitting, we tend to sit slumped. And, 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 and so, the, so the, the third thing that I'd say that goes with the, the fitness and, and be a bit mindful of your actual abilities is that if, you're, if you spend all your day sitting in full flexion, bending over, and then you're bending over to pick up heavy weights, then that's inevitably going to lead to some problems as well. We need to, you know, the, the sitting is our great enemy, really. Yep, sitting is the new smoking. I'm I'm just correcting my <laughs> posture now as you're talking. I'm very conscious. Oh, well done. <laughs> um, and so uh, the next question, Theo, would be: When you do get a sore back, um, what would you wish every patient or member of ours do before they come to see you? Before they come to see me. Yeah. Oh, well, from, from my perspective, the thing that I really like is they've got some awareness or insight into when they have the pain and, and, and what is the nature of what they feel. It's a very natural thing to block out. Oh, it hurts. I'm just not going to think about it and I'll pottle through. So quite often I'm asked, uh, I ask people, you know, where does it hurt exactly? What does it feel like? And, and they're not quite sure or what makes it worse, what makes it better. So those things are, are, are useful to think about. And, and, um, on the on the on the negative side, pay a bit less attention to what Uncle Ernie said or what you read in New Idea four weeks ago, that sort of stuff. Because because often some people will catastrophize about what's going on because they've had, you know, I read this or my my you know my disc's blown, it's gone, I'll never get it back. And it's, well, you're not like that. The back is living tissue; it's capable of getting stronger as much as it is capable of getting weaker. So just because your back is sore does not necessarily mean that you're, that you're, you're, um, that you're going to be terrible forever. So, mm. so um, yeah, that stuff is much more about what's going on in people's heads. And, 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 and the, other, the other problem with back care, and I think this is, this is in the research a little bit as well, um, 
there's a lot of different structures in the back that can get hurt and the management for those different structures is different. Mm. So the concept of oh, non-specific back pain and you can have one intervention for all of that. Well, that's why a lot of those interventions aren't shown to be effective because it's like saying, oh, we just only have one intervention for abdominal pain. You have to think, is it a ligament? Is it a joint? Is it poor control? Is it just a strain? All and all of those, all of those things require slightly different approaches. So, is the best thing that people can do to get along and see like a physio or a doctor early, or once they know they've got a problem, so they can figure out then what's the best approach to manage it? Because I, I like I know that before I went and did that, I had all sorts of random advice from different people, and some yeah. was the opposite of what I should have been doing. Yeah, that's right. You do really need to get to the bottom of exactly what's going on because if you sometimes it's quite simple, you know, it might just be as simple as just getting your tummy muscles strong and fixing your posture and not doing particular activities and that might be enough to to fix it or it might be just a stiff joint in which case if it's mobilized it's, you know, that that the mobilization if it's a stiff joint that sort of treatment is a little bit like a miracle. They're the ones that oh, I walked in and I was in agony and I walk out great. You know, there's, I mean, obviously you then need to do stuff to prevent it coming back, but, but it, that, that being, being accurately, accurately diagnosed about what exactly the problem is and then being clear in your mind about what you should do and what you shouldn't do, whether like for, for instance, if, 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 you, if you've got a sharp pain, of course, everyone's a bit different, but generally, if the nature of your pain is sharp, that tends to be a joint. So even if you have a stab, it feels terrible, but it's not that serious. And if your reaction to that is to not move, then you'll get worse. So knowing that you're not doing any more damage by that sharp pain, that's, that's, you know, that's a useful thing. Whereas if you've got more of a, more of a hottish pain or like a, burning said that's nerve pain and you definitely do not want to be aggravating that because then you can have a full-blown neuritis and then you are in for you know many months if not years of of problems so that sort of stuff is actually quite important to sort out and not not be too focused on on um not be too focused on just oh it's you know that if if you if you're not specific then it's easy to be overwhelmed by the totality of what's going on Whereas there's once a you've got of, a bit, yeah, there's a bit of you, certainty that comes. Like, there's a bit of comfort from comes from knowing what the problem is too, right? So yeah, I, I that's know right. I know what it is. I can oh, at least them. I understand my problem, and that's yeah. and that's a really helpful thing. And I think that's that's as 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 a as a physio, that's the big thing that I do with people is is to be clear about well, this is what's going on on with you. So yeah, and then work from there because this is what's going on. Therefore, you now have to do these things if you want it to go away and not come back. I spent some time, Theo, um, in training to be a surgeon and, and doing back surgery. All and right. I remember the, um, the consultants I worked with saying, you know, swimming is one of the best preventative measures. What would you recommend to kind of prevent ongoing back um, recurrent injuries? I absolutely would recommend swimming. Swimming is fantastic. It's non-weight bearing. You get a little bit of movement. If you're swimming well, it's, it's, it's core stability as well. So that's fantastic. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, the exercise that people do most are the ones is the exercise that they enjoy most. Mm. 
And if that if they're not enjoying it, then they're not going to do it. So I do ask people, do you like swimming? And if they go, oh no, I hate the water. Well, then I don't follow up with, well, you've got to go swimming because it's like they're not going to. Mm. The walkers need to be walking. Um, a good Pilates classes are fantastic, you know, but a lot of Pilates that's called Pilates, they're not actually checking your pelvic position. You do need some, if, if you're going to Pilates, someone should be putting your hands on your pelvis and checking that you're able to maintain the position of your pelvis through that class. So if you're, if you're in that sort of class with the Pilates, absolutely fantastic because that ability to maintain your pelvis and your spine in a good position, everyone knows, oh, I have to keep my spine in a good position, but most people aren't able to demonstrate what a good position is or be able to maintain it as they pick something up. So that sort of movement is, is, is really important. But I think in terms of general exercise, it's the things you enjoy doing. So if you enjoy playing a sport, that's what you should do. If you enjoy walking, that's what you should do. If you like kicking a ball against the wall, that's what you should do. Mm. If you've got little kids, well, obviously you've got to do something active with the little kids and then that solves two birds with one stone. But I'd say be creative rather than prescriptive with your exercise. What you do doesn't seem to matter too much according to most of the literature I read. What matters is that you're doing non-stop activity for 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and you're getting a bit breathless with that. And, but having said that, of course, a lot of people that we see can't do that. They can't do, you know, they can't even do three minutes at a rate that makes them breathless. So for those people, it's like, okay, it's not uncommon for me to start people on, say, three three-minute walks a day and just do that for a week. And then after a week, I go, and, and often I'll time them because... You know, people will tell me, oh, yeah, I walk 20 minutes every day. And then we go, okay, let's time the walk. And after we've been going for four minutes, they're puffing and limping. And, oh, I didn't know you meant, like, walking. <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. But, yeah, that's what we're talking about. So, you know, just being realistic about about what what people can do and then what they want to do and then trying to convince them that they actually should do that. What's, um, if you're, for the uninitiated, if somebody's now got a problem or they think they might have a problem, how, how do they, how do they pick a good physio? Oh, that's such a hard question. Right. Because they've, because everybody's, everybody's different. And I think, I, I think, um, you need to be assessed properly. I think that's the first thing. They should be asking lots of questions and doing a physical examination. They need to check where you can bend and look at you a few times. Uh, my opinion is they need to put their hands on you to feel what the bones are doing, whether there's resistance there or whether there's doing there. And they need to talk to the person about what their actual, you know, be clear about what's actually the symptoms and then, and then engage with what the person is feeling rather than doing, doing the production line things. And, and, and I, um, I, I don't think there's a, a strong role for machines or those sorts of things in terms of fixing people up. I think it's much more about exercise. The, the TENS and those things can help for pain relief, but they won't actually fix the problem. And, and your objective there then as the patient should be to be able to 
figure out what the problem is and come away with a management plan. Is, is that That's right? right. Yeah, yeah. So, so with, with the clinical reasoning, you, you're, you're looking quite, quite hard at the patient. It's very difficult to be sure about anything other than in retrospect. So you think, okay, I think 90%, I think it's this, but then 5% it could be something else, 2% it could be something else, 1%. And you try your best in your examination. So then we go, okay, if this is what it is, this should help usually try some techniques and stuff in the in the session to see that oh do you feel a bit better sometimes the assessment stirs people up so again it's a little bit hard to 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 really tell but then you know then when they come back is that help great it hasn't helped okay we move on to then we'll try approach b or try approach c it's but it's hard unless you know of course you can always go recommendations from people that other people that have seen someone they go oh this person was great this person was great or oh, i didn't really help yeah well, that's how I, that's how i found my guy all right and, yeah um and he he has been good he used to do the west coast eagles and i'm a west coast eagles fan so i get lots of oh yeah <laughs> we, we have lots <laughs> to talk about yeah yeah the, the the actual connection with people is really important that you're actually engaged, that you feel you're engaging with um with your with your health professional with your patient you know you need to establish that rapport because because most of what we do is communication yeah if i could ask you good versus uh, not so good so uh, if you think back over the years and all the patients that you've helped um right. what have they done that's led to say the best outcome when it comes to recurrent back injuries and back pain and on the flip side, you know, um, think of patients that haven't done well. What's the worst case scenario? Where have they ended up and what's happened to them? Um, just painting a picture of good versus not so good. All uh, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the worst case, I'll start with the worst case scenarios because they're pretty horrific, really. Um, the worst case scenarios are people that they might listen to what you say, but they don't do anything. They want to just come in and I want to come in, lie down, you do something to me and I'm going to be better. So the really unrealistic expectations and then the established pain behaviours of I'm too sore, the only thing I can do is lie on the lounge and watch television. Mm. That's, that's that's sort of the pattern. If you follow that pattern, then you are going to never be okay again. You know, So worst case scenario of those people are a couple of them would have had repeated surgeries and their ability to even do anything without pain is severely compromised. They would have permanent leg pain, great difficulty walking even 20 metres. Affecting after. their quality of life every day. and Yeah, yeah, they'll need someone to look after them. Certainly no ability to work or engage in any activity. So I've seen yeah. a few of those over the years and some of them have already been close to that. But it's, yeah, the 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 idea that that it's someone else's job to fix me up and it's not really my responsibility, mm. you know, their own responsibility. Yeah. That, that mindset leads to disaster always. Mm. Um, yeah. Or, or the, or the other thing that's really common, not to that extent, but this, this leads to is, is the carers and the mothers of the world who put everybody else before them. Oh, I don't really have time to, do my exercises i don't really have right. oh, I, I have to do this job because no one else is going to do it i have to vacuum the house i have to look after my little kid and continue to do the bending over uh, unable to access the supports 
And that's also then really difficult if they've got a more serious problem to do much about. And I feel sorry for those people because with them, it's not just, um, it's not just that, they, that they're not grasping hold of the serious of the problem. It's just that their mindset is that everybody else is more important and they have to do all these other jobs before. But they often, the, the carers of the world often finish up in much worse shape than the people that they're looking after because they're putting everyone else before themselves first and just blocking out. And a lot of mothers do that as well. So, so that's, that's on, the, on the more negative side of things. The, the, the best ones that I've seen are people that are, that, are, that are listening, they engage in the process, that they are happy to spend maybe two or three months getting stronger and stronger and they don't just get to the, oh, I'm 60% better, I can stop doing anything now. They use it as a motivation to really get fit and often they'll go from, say, for instance, I've seen people that have gone from a, a, a you know, can only just walk for five minutes to they're, um, they're going to the gym and they're almost doing CrossFit sort of thing, picking up tyres and climbing mm. up ropes and running marathons and, 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 and really have no issues at all anymore. But that's, you know, that's engaging seriously in a greater program and then continuing on from the point of view, once the pain's gone, mm. then really carrying on from there to get the next level again. That's great. And, and the reason for asking that question, Theo, is, um, you know, our thread and our uh, focus on prevention uh, really matters. And yeah. you know, having a back injury doesn't mean, as you say, it's a living tissue. It, you're not condemned to a lifetime of pain and restricted activity. Um, and, you know, very much that right mindset, the, the commitment to ongoing therapy and, and an, uh, an exercise program can really work wonders and create a world of difference in terms of the outcome that you end up in yes it's really astonishing how much better people can get as in, in when i was in my 20s and working it was uh, i i would be surprised at how well people were sometimes when i'd yeah. see them four or five years later and often yeah. it was just from fairly simple interventions as i said just just the basic mm. getting a little bit fitter a little bit of postural work you know oh, i'll go dancing now i feel great i just don't have any issues and it's one of the things that i really like about about the Asana philosophy, and it's one of the reasons that I'm working there rather than where I was before, because it's really important to to be thinking about you know the whole person and 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 you know it's often it's not you know some of those interventions are not specific for your back, it's just but they will fix your back. It's a good motivator for me to stay fit. Uh, I I need a motivator, yeah. and and not getting a bad back again is what keeps me going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, and for me as well. I mean, I'm, I'm inherently lazy, but it's like you see people falling apart, and you think, no, no, I can't, I can't afford to, to not do this stuff. You know, you have to make the space in your life to, um, to, to, to keep yourself up there, and be, and be clear then about what it is that you want to be able to do, so that you can work to keep doing those things. I'm lazy too, but you know, when the choice is carve out some time to do some basic exercise versus spend three months on your back it's like well i i I can afford that less so yeah yeah Uh, theo sorry kev you go yeah no i was just going to um uh mention that theo you've created some videos um uh, around you know managing sore backs uh, good posture etc so we'll be putting those up on our uh on our website for for members 
Um, but yeah, just wanted to, to say thanks. And maybe um, as a way to uh, end, last question might be um, over the over all your time as a physio, you know, what's been perhaps some of the major changes that you've uh, seen? And any any observations on what's coming in the future uh, in in the world of uh, physiotherapy? Ah, uh, yeah, um, changes. You know, the biggest change that that I've seen in in my time is is the increase in modesty in patients. When I was a young physio, people come in and they take all their clothes off. It would be no big deal. Whereas these days, even the people are very reluctant to to show me their skin. And it's like, I think that's an interesting thing. Um, not that's cultural more than, more mm. than professional practice. Um, I, I, I think, I think one of the sadder things that I've seen is that there's now much more focus on assessment and measurement, which in itself isn't bad, but assessment and measurement is not intervention. And I think some of the intervention skills now, some of the aren't, aren't being used as much. We, we spend a lot of time generating reports and doing beautiful presentations, but uh, but not actually looking at okay, well, we've got to actually do something for the person, not just mm. measure what's wrong. And I think I think that needs to 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 um, to be changed. I think I think the biomechanics and anatomy of problems and and the general going on that's all that's all fairly well understood. The big thing, of course, that's that's really coming is the for like the quadriplegics and people that have had limb paresthesia is the is the um, is the mechanical arms with the neural interfaces. That stuff is is mind blowing, and mm. is coming more quickly than we want. But I, I can't see. Oh, I'm, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. I'm, I'm fairly careful with new things that come in. I wait till there's been around for two years because you see things come. They're the great fashion, and then two years later they're not around anymore because they don't work, and they've replaced things that do work. Mm. And then sometimes those things that did work don't come back, and I'm going, oh, hang on, let's let's not throw mm. away stuff that works until we really know that new things will work. And there's there's a lot more. Emphasis. I mean, I'm pleased about the increasing emphasis in exercise and those sorts of things. I think that's that's improved from 30 years ago. But I, um, I'm I'm not sure that the actual physical management of problems has helped much. Oh, one thing that has been. I mean, it's not new, but the the Lyrica, the the those sort of nerve and neuritis medications. They're much better than they used to be, but again, that's not my area of expertise. I just noticed of oh, that works much better than whatever they used to do. Theo, mm. thanks for your time today. Hopefully, um, if there's people listening, that raises some awareness for them in case they ever need to uh, go and see a physio about something that they've done or something well, some problems yeah. that they have. Well, good luck to all of you out there, and, and yeah, keep moving is the most important thing. I like that message that really reinforces what we're trying to, to do um, on the ground. So thanks again, Theo. My great pleasure.